Well, good morning. I'm Spencer Cronkey, and uh, I just got out of the military last year, three days before the stop loss, and uh, I was pressed, the Lord impressed upon my heart to stay in Germany to uh, work with the single soldiers, so that's where I'm at right now in the church there in Baumholder. But uh, I was thinking about something the, the preacher had said the other day about uh, what God saved, and he saved our soul. He didn't save our flesh, and I, I was thinking about that. It has a lot to do with my message because uh, if we're not doing the Lord's will, what, what, what good are we here? We're like a little special forces operative in this earth. And if we're not doing the Lord's will, then what's to say he's just not going to take us out? So uh, that's, that's kind of where my message goes anyway. The, the uh, title of my message is called, Is There a, a Remedy? And uh, I was uh, listening to uh, some preaching... Hmm, about a month ago, by uh, Dr. Gray, Dr. Robert Gray, and he told a story about uh, a church whenever he was really young that he took over. It was a Southern Baptist Church that he pulled out of the convention, and there was deacons already in place, and uh, you know they gave him a hard time and this and that. And but he said that uh, the uh, the Lord impressed upon his heart to uh, start to uh, have a, a Bible conference. And that he and the Lord gave him some names. John R. Rice was one of the names, and the deacons didn't like that. They said, "We're not going to have that fundamentalist in here. He's a he's a loose cannon." And uh, he said, "Well, I prayed about this, and this is what I believe the Lord wants." And they said, "Well, one of the deacons, uh, I guess the, the most powerful deacon, said, well, John R. Rice is not going to preach in this church while I'm living.'" And he's like, "Well, we'll see about that. I'll take it to the church." <laughs> so he took it to the church. They had a vote. And they voted yes. They're going to have a Bible conference, and John Rice was going to come and preach. So uh, John Rice got up there to, to preach, and he read his text verse, and he was about to preach, and the back doors came open, and the man rose in and says, Hold everything, hold everything. And, and uh, he, he commenced to tell everybody that the man that said that uh, John Rice wouldn't preach in that church while he was alive had, had cardiac failure, and he died. And he said he didn't have any pro- problems out of his deacons after that. <laughs> But uh, I, I like to hear old preachers and those stories and, and just the power of God. Just the power of God that they had on their life and in their ministries. And, and uh, anyway, uh, uh, my text is uh, Proverbs 29, verse 1, and it reads, He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. Now let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I need it now because... Lord, sometimes I feel like Moses, Lord, and I just don't want to open my mouth and speak, Lord, but uh, I know that you've asked me to, Lord. And I know that, that you've given me a message, Lord, that needs to be preached, Lord, and I pray that you would just uh, just open our ears, Lord, open my ears, Lord, so I can hear the words that you want preached, Lord. And that it would change me and it would change all these people, Lord, for we all need it. We're all just clay, Lord, in your hands being molded, Lord. So, so if you need to break us down and mold us up again today, please do it. And I pray this in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, God's word is logical. God is God is, you know, he's he's God and he's logical. And uh, a basic logic equation is an if this statement. If this, then this happens, and that's the way God works. If you do this, I'm going to do this. Is is basic logic? It's black and white. And uh, this verse, I I, uh, I kind of broke down into a, a flow chart, which I. I learned when I was at Texas A&M, you know, engineering and all that. But uh, anyway, we have, you have man, 
And man has two choices. He can do what God says, or he can not do what God says. We have every man, well, every saved man, if you're not saved, you really don't have that choice. You're just going to do wrong. But uh, if, we're, if we're saved, we, we have that choice. So uh, if, a, if a man sins, then God reproves him. God brings conditions in his life that would uh, draw him back to God. If the man doesn't repent, then God destroys him. But if he does repent, then God blesses him. Now, if a man just from the beginning decides to do what God says, God lays something on his heart, and he decides to do what God says, God blesses him. So, so um, that's where we get this idea. God only reproves for so long. I mean, he'll reprove and reprove and bring correction in your life. And, but then, you know, if you're not going to listen, what good are you doing here in this world is, is, an, is an operative. He's, he's going to take you out. You know, uh, in the army, if if you're in battle and, and a soldier turns against you, I mean, he's not any good to you. I mean, uh, more than likely, he's he's going to lose his life, and it's not going to be from the enemy. But uh, but anyway, so uh, simply put, God knows all things, and we don't. And uh, God's conditional statements are simple, so we just need to to obey and be blessed, rather than disobey and be cursed. And uh, I was thinking about uh, Deuteronomy uh, 28. Uh, turn there. He, see what God says. In verse 1 he says, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all His commandments, which I command thee this day, then the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. Now, now look at our nation, how great we, we are, even though we're, we're wicked. But, but from, from the beginning, people started this nation on righteousness and holiness, and God lifted this nation up, a righteous, holy nation, a, a, a nation that stood for, uh, stood for what's right. And, and uh, righteousness was the norm. People were afraid to sin because of there was so much righteousness around. Now people, people love to sin, and people are afraid to be righteous because there's so much wickedness around. And then verse 15 says, But it shall come to pass, if thou, wilt hearken, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe to do all His commandments and His statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. And he, he goes through them all. And, and a lot of these can be applied to America today. We'll go through that a little bit later. But uh, anyway, first of all, um, I was listening to some preaching by uh, uh, Dr. Hiles. And he said that uh, when you're preaching, if you, you bring forth the problem and you don't give a remedy, then it doesn't do any good. It doesn't do anybody any good. But first of all, we're going to go through the problem. And uh, I believe uh, we, me, y'all, God's people are being destroyed. I believe we are. And uh, to understand uh, uh, how and why, we kind of uh, like to look at God in a certain way. And if uh, you turn to Genesis chapter 1, and verse 26, God tells us how He created it. Well, God says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Now, I, I, I just read over that and read over that and read over that. And I was like, well, wait a minute. Our, our image. And uh, we, we know that God is one God. 
but but we know that Elo, Elohim, that's a plurality. That's a, that's a plural word. He's one God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. They're all one, but there's a plurality there. And God said, let's make man in our image. So there must be a plurality about us that is, that's parallel with God's likeness. And uh, this way I like to think about it. The Father is kind of like, is the mind of Christ. He's, 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 he's the, the commander-in-chief that told the Son exactly what to do. You do this, you, you, you know, and, and Christ did it through the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, our soul is kind of like the Father. It tells our, our body, the flesh, what to do. It, it, uh, our body obeys the will of our soul. And uh, so, uh, let me read this to you. God the Father instructed God the Son what to do, when to do it, and Jesus obeyed His Father's will and the power of the Holy Ghost. Our soul instructs our flesh what to do, when to do it, and our flesh obeys our soul's will. The difference between us and God, besides Him being the Creator, and us being the creation, is spirit, the Spirit, big S, and Spirit, little s. So uh, God is the Spirit, big S. He is the life and the power. So if you're not saved, you don't have the Spirit inside of you. You don't have the power of God, so you're just going to be doing what your soul says to do, and that's sin, because your soul doesn't know any better. So, so your flesh is just going to be doing all kinds of craziness. But as a Christian, we have the Holy Spirit. And He tells us what to do when we read the Bible and pray. And uh, so uh, we need His Spirit in order for our soul to give our flesh the correct information to function according to God's will. We call this walking in the Spirit, big S. Satan is the Spirit, little s. If we don't get our power from the Spirit, big S, the only alternative is the spirit little s, in which case our soul will be in a state of desperate confusion and will give our flesh faulty commands. Our flesh will in turn malfunction. Now if you turn to uh, James chapter 1, James chapter 1, verses 13 and 15, it says, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. Now, now right there, see, God doesn't tempt us. Sometimes we want to blame it on God, but He doesn't tempt us. It goes on, it says, uh, For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth He any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lusts and enticed. Then when the lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it finishes, bringeth forth death. So, so w- whenever Satan comes and he tempts you and he puts that idea in your head, that's not the sin. That's, that, that, that's lust. But then the sin comes whenever you're drawn away, whenever you're enticed. And then, then, then it, it conceives forth. And, and conceive, the, the lust is conceived, it brings forth sin. So the, I, what happens is Satan plants a seed in your head. If you don't cast it down right then, then, this, then, then it will happen. Then, then the sin will come forth. Your, 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 your soul is not being subject to the Holy Spirit, so it's just going to do wickedness, and, and it's going to tell your, your body to do wickedness, and that's, what, that's when sin comes. So, uh, so uh, the problem is not God, it's, it's our sin nature. It's that wicked flesh that, that uh, one day, glory to God, we're not going to have to worry about it anymore, but right now, we're in the flesh, and we just got to deal with it. So, uh, so, uh, uh, where was I? Anyway, uh, okay. 
how are we being destroyed? Okay. Um, by way of personal testimony, whenever uh, uh, I got saved, I wasn't in a church. I, I got saved out of church. I knew that I was supposed to go to church. I bounced around from churches here and there. And eventually I ended up in the army and ended up in a good church. But uh, in that, the whole span of time there, I was just cloudy. My, my head was so cloudy and confused. The Lord had me in derision because I wasn't doing what He wanted me to do. He, uh, and, and so many of God's people are, are like that. We're, we're in the same derision that the world is in. We're depressed. We're, we're, we're downtrodden. We're, 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 we're confused. What do we do? You know, And uh, it, it's because we're not doing what God wants us to do. In a, and, and I sought for years for an answer. And uh, I know the answer now. And my brain is becoming more clear. And I'm learning that I need to lead my family. And I need to teach my children and, and, and all these things. But uh, in Deuteronomy 28, 20, it says, The Lord shall smite thee with madness and blindness and astonishment of heart. So, uh, uh, I don't know what you believe, but I don't believe in ADD. I used to believe that I was ADD. I believe in UDC, Undisciplined Children's Syndrome. So... So, uh, 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 I, I, I believe that, uh, that, uh, uh, I believe that God has, has allowed spiritual sickness and physical sickness to come upon us. And I'm not saying, uh, I'll go through this, I'll go through this a little bit more later. But, but anyway, I, I mean, we see in America, I mean, vision problems, glaucoma, heart problems, panic attacks, anxiety disorder, depression, sleep problems slothfulness, all these things. We're one of the sickest nations in the world. The number two killer of children in America is cancer, a degenerative disease, an old person's disease. The number two killer of children in America. So, uh, like I said, America is one of the sickest nations on the planet in spite of all the money spent on research and cures. So, why are we trusting the heathen for our health? I'm not saying don't go, don't, I'm not saying don't go to the doctor. I, I go to the doctor. I take my children to the doctor. But if, if they, if they uh, uh, propose something to you, you need to pray about it. You need to go to God's Word. What, what do you say about this? I was thinking about our brother here who, who, who is uh, going uh, to, to Mexico to seek treatment. This is because for some reason in, in America... Uh, there's a lot less freedom as far as, as alternative cures and that sort of thing. So people are having to go outside of America. Where's the freedom in America to choose how you want to be treated? And uh, so, uh, now, now here's a thought. I just wanted to, just wanted to run by you. In uh, Revelations 18.23, I want you all to look at this. This is, called, this is uh, talking about the just deceiving that's this going to be going on. And in verse 26 it says, The light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee. And the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants are the great men of the earth. For by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. Now, I looked up this word sorceries. And uh, in the Greek it's pharmakai. Pharmakai, medicines, pharmaceuticals. Now, I'm not saying don't take medicine. I'm, I'm, you need to pray about it. You need to see which ones are good, which ones are bad. But, but, but it clearly, it clearly if you, in the Greek, pharmakeia, buy thy pharmakeia. And if you think about it, like, like I said before, we're spending all this money on cures and cures and cures, and nobody's getting cured. Everybody's getting sicker. 
what, you know, what's going on? So uh, uh, the tribal cultures across the world, they're healthier than we are. <laughs> you know? And they're just living simple. So uh, why? Why are we sick? Why, why are we sick as a people? Why does the Lord have me in derision? Why, why, you know, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. It says that in Hosea four six, we're destroyed for lack of knowledge. And now, now, there's two kinds of knowledge. There's God's knowledge that He gives you when you ask for it, and there's the world's knowledge. And sometimes the world has bits and pieces of God's knowledge, but they don't have the whole thing. You know, it, if I go to the doctor, that one of the one of the things I like to look for is a doctor that's born again. <laughs> And because I know that they're at least getting God's God's wisdom in the in the thing, so uh, in uh, Romans chapter twelve verse one it says, "I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service." We're supposed to present our flesh to God, our bodies, a living, not, not, not a half dead, holy, sacred, blameless. Acceptable, fully agreeable. No, no, I mean, one day we're not going to have to worry about all this sickness, but I was thinking about acceptable. Do you think God's going to accept cancer in heaven? He said, that's not acceptable. It's just not. Reasonable service. It's our logical. Why is it our reasonable service? It is the only thing that, that we're guaranteed until we leave this earth, is this, is this body, whether it's sick or whether it's it's. Healthy. It's the only thing we have in this earth that we're guaranteed until we're dead. And we're in heaven. It's the only thing. You know, money, you know, who knows? Stock market could crash and money wouldn't be anything. All you got is your body, you know? So, uh, Malachi uh, chapter 3, he talks about the tithe and the offering. And I was thinking about this one day. And, I, and then I was thinking about this verse, how God said, present your body. And, uh, and I was thinking, well, maybe I needed to be given 10% of my body to God every day. You know, I was thinking 10% of the day is, what, two, 2.4 hours? At least to God in study, in witnessing, at least. That's just the tie. That's what He requires. Do I do that? Not all the time. But that's the tie. And then, and then above that, an offering. What else are you going to give to God? An offering of your body and your time and, and your service. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 to 20, it says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God. So you're the, I'm the house of God. Woo! Glory! The Holy Spirit lives in me. God lives in me. That's something else. Let's not give God a dirty body, a dirty house. So Jesus, Jesus took your sin in His flesh. He took, we don't have to have it in our flesh. He took it in His flesh. Glorify God in your flesh and your spirit. And in 1 Corinthians 3.17 it says, if, if any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. How do you defile the body? Well, Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 5. Mm-hmm. 
No, 15, sorry. <laughs> Long verse. 15, verse 11. It says, Not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth defileth a man. That's how your flesh is defiled. It's not by what you're taking in. We know, we know that... that uh, well, let, let me explain it. So... Uh, Um, it's by what comes out of your mouth. That's what defiles your flesh. And if you go to James chapter 3, James chapter 3, and we're going to start in verse 1. It says, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater con- condemnation. Now, now, now right there, we just need to respect authority. The authority in the church, the pastor is the pastor. He is authority in the church. God forbid some uh, uh, people would tell the, the pastor what he needs to preach. He knows what he needs to preach. So, so j- just right there, we, we, we need to not be many masters, but we need to be, be uh, meek and mild and, and not afraid to tell somebody when they're unruly, but also know, know our place in the church. So, uh, for many things, we offend all. Aren't we like that in our flesh? We offend so many people. We offend each other. Our brothers in the world are supposed to see us loving each other. If any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Now there's the key. There's the key right there. What comes out of your mouth is what defiles you. Now what tells your mouth what to speak? Your soul. Your soul tells your tongue what to do. Now, now if your soul is not in line with the Holy Spirit, then bad things are going to be coming out. And you're not going to be able to bridle your body. You, you're, you're, going to, you're going to be a glutton. You're going to be slothful. You're going to do, you're going to do all kinds of things. It, it's, not, it's not that the, 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 uh, the physical th- things that we're doing, they're making us sick, but that's not the root of the matter. Those are just symptoms. The symptoms is what's in us, what we're doing. The ho- are we led by the Holy Spirit or are we led by our flesh? So, behold, we, we put bits in the horse's mouths that they may obey us. And we turn about their whole body. Behold, also the ships, which though they be so great, and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so, the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast, and of birds, and of serpents, and of things in the sea is tamed, and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. So let's stop trying to tame our tongues. Let's let the Holy Spirit do it. We need to let the Holy Spirit tame our tongues. We need to be led by the Spirit. And, uh... Alright, where was I? Okay. The remedy. Like I said before, Dr. Hiles said that you have to have a remedy. If you're going to preach a good message, you have to have a remedy. And in the text verse again, Proverbs 29, verse 1, it says, He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. Where is the remedy? The, 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 uh, the without just means there's, no, there, there's nowhere to be found. 
Why is it nowhere to be found? Where's the remedy? What is a remedy? A medicine, a cure, a deliverance. Jesus is the remedy. We need to let God's Word become flesh in us. We're created in His likeness. We need to let people see Jesus. And and how how often... We were talking about the tongue. How often do we let that righteousness come from our tongue? How often do we give out that Word of life? Uh, I was uh, thinking about... uh, Whenever uh, there was a, a dearth in the land in, uh, in uh, Israel, and they were making that pot of, of pottage, and uh, one of the guys went out and he picked some wild gourds and he, and he brought it back and he put it in the pot, and, uh, and no, nobody knew it, and they mixed it and they took it, and they're like, "Oh wow, there's poison in the pot." And the uh, prophet comes along and he puts the meal in. Well, the meal's the word of God, little heal. The word of God is the only thing that will heal. He put that, that meal in there. Took that poison away. So, uh, so why don't we have the remedy? Does God want you to to do something you don't want to do? No, I like Peter. I, I relate with Peter. He, uh, if you turn to John chapter twenty-one, because uh, he he's kind of fleshly. He's kind of a mean-spirited, and he wasn't like John. John loved. But he had a problem with the flesh. And I can relate to that. But in, in John chapter 21, this is where uh, uh, Jesus was dealing with Peter and, and uh, showing Peter that he didn't have the kind of love that he needed. But uh, in uh, verse 18, it says, Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, When thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said unto him, Follow me. Okay. Then Peter, turning about, he's looking at Jesus, he, he turned about, he repented from God to Satan. Turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved, which also leaned on his breast at supper, and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter seeing him say to Jesus, Lord, what shall this man do? Now, how often do we do that in the church? Or, or we're, we're so critical of each other. We, we're, what is that man doing, Lord? What about him? Lord, uh, you want me to die on the cross like you did? That's what he was telling Peter. You're going to be crucified like I was. And Peter's like, "Woo! wait a minute. Uh, we would do the same thing. <laughs> Hold up, you know. And uh, so, uh, so often we, we want to look at other people. So, so does God want you to do something that you don't want to do? Do you need to repent today? Has God spoke to you and, and put something on your heart? And, and uh, here's an example. Whenever uh, a faith promise first was introduced to me, I had a number put on my heart and. I, it was something I couldn't afford, and I told my wife, and, and I was a young Christian, and, and my wife said, no, we can't do that. And I said, okay. And I, I did what Adam did. I said, sure, I'll eat of the fruit. You know, Maybe you're in a situation like that. I don't know. Maybe you need to be a man and stand up and do what you need to do, regardless, in a loving way. Um, so uh, I don't know why I just said that, but somebody maybe needed it. So is, is God calling you, maybe? Is God calling you to service? God, 
I was thinking about Moses. And if you, if you go to Exodus chapter 4. Now these are men of God. They, they, they all had the same problems we do with the flesh. I just think about this whenever I, I don't want to speak for God. I, I think about Moses and what God said. And he, God's funny. But uh, in Exodus chapter 4, verse 10, And Moses said unto the Lord, O my God, I am not eloquent, neither hither, hitherto for, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant. But I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. Now, now all that, it, it was pretty eloquent what he just said. I had a hard time stumbling over it. So I, I, I think Moses didn't know what he was talking about. But Moses said this after God showed him all the good things he was going to do, all the you know, miracles he was going to do. But, uh, so, uh, and the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? <laughs> who made your mouth? He said, or who, made, or who maketh the dumb, or the deaf, or the sing, or the blind? Have, I, have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. If you're afraid to serve God, if you're afraid to come out and say, I'm going to serve you, if you're afraid to, maybe God's working on your heart right now, if you're afraid to do it because you don't know what you're going to say, God made your mouth. If you're led by the Holy Spirit, God will teach your tongue what to say. That's just, that's just the way it is. And, and he said, O my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him who thou wilt send, that wilt send a... And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, Is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee. And when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. So, now here's, here's a, a good illustration. Moses was, was, was hard and hard and hard and hard. And, no, Lord, no, Lord. And he said, Okay, well, I'll give you, I'll give you Aaron. Well, Aaron, in a way, was a lot of trouble for Moses. If we, if we remember, he caught a lot, caused a lot of trouble for Moses. In a way, he was the reason... Part of the reason why he didn't go in the promised land. <laughs> if he had just done what God said on the first, first point and, and just went, don't we do that? We don't want to go the first time. Then, then God gives us that king that we think we want, but we really don't want. <laughs> and it makes it that much harder, but he gives us the grace to deal with it. But uh, anyway, uh, I was, I've been thinking a lot about Job lately. And, uh, if you turn to Job, we'll, we'll kind of go through Job real quick. <laughs> I'm going to start in Job chapter one. And I'm just going to go through a couple of verses just to just to give a, give an idea. In Job verse one, I mean Job chapter one, verse twenty-two. This is after uh, he was he was plagued the first time by Satan. It says, "In all this, Job sinned not." nor charge God foolishly. He didn't sin. <laughs> this was interesting. I just saw this the other day. If you go, go over to Job chapter 2, verse 10, it says, But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good of the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? In all this go, Job, did not Job sin with his lips. It didn't say that Job didn't sin. It just said he didn't sin with his lips. Who knows what was in his heart? We don't know. <laughs> God knows, though. <laughs> he said he didn't sin with his lips. And, and, and then, then he goes on, and uh, 
hereafter, Job, Job, Job starts cursing everything but God. He starts mumbling and grumbling. And, uh, and aren't we supposed to rejoice in the Lord always? And, I, and, and uh, boy, I'd, I'd probably be dead after all the things Job, from crying and grieving after what Job's been through so far. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that I'm bigger than Job. I'm just saying that this is what the Bible says. And it's recorded in God's Word that, that he did grumble. <laughs> and it never said that he didn't sin. So, uh, in Job 38, <laughs> verse 1, it said, it says, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkened the counsel by the words, by words without knowledge? Gird up now thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee an answer. Now God just goes on and tears him down and says, I'm God, I've done all this. And just, just goes through all the creation and everything and says, Who are you? I'm God. You know? So, uh, and, and then again we go over to uh, Job chapter 40. And verse 1 says, Moreover the Lord answered Job and said, Shall he that contendeth with the Almighty instruct him? He that reproveth God, let him answer it. Job, answer it. And then Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am, a vile, I am vile. What shall I answer thee? I will lay mine hand upon my mouth. Oh boy, we need to do that sometimes. Once have I spoken, but I will not answer. Yea, twice, but I will proceed no further. Then answered the Lord, Unto Job out of the world and said, Gird up thy loins like a man, I will demand of thee, and declare thou unto me. And he just goes on. <laughs> I'm God, Job. <laughs> then uh, over in... Uh, see, see, Job repented. He repented. And in 42, uh, verse 12, says, So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. For he had 14,000 sheep and 16,000 camels and 1,000 yoke of oxen and 1,000 she-asses. He had also seven sons and three daughters. And he called the name of the first Jemima and the name of the second Keziah and the name of the third something. And in all the land were no women found so fair as the daughters of Job. And their father gave them inheritance among their brethren. After this lived Job in 140 years and saw his sons and his sons' sons, even four generations. So Job died being old and full of days. God healed him. God healed Job. He, he, was, he was plagued. He was plagued with sickness, but God healed Job. Then I think of uh, the blind man in uh, John chapter 9. I remember Peter, how he liked to look at other people. And so often we like to look at other people and see, see their problems and postulate in our mind what sin they have. Only God knows. Only God knows. In verse 1 it says, And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither 
hath this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me. While it is day, the night cometh, when no man can work. So, so we don't know, you don't know why I'm sick, why I'm plagued with things. I don't know why you're sick, why you're plagued with things. Only God knows. But God said he'll teach you, teach, teach you all things. We need to start claiming his promises. Teach me, God. Teach me. You know, uh, uh, it, it, is it because of a sin that I that I've done, or is it just because you want to be glorified in this body and you want to heal me? Then I think of uh, Paul and that, and that thorn in his flesh. And if you turn to Second Corinthians chapter twelve. Chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. Don't we have pride? I was thinking of what the pastor was saying the other day about, about our, our pride whenever we learn more and more of the Word of God and we get puffed up because we know it. We know it all. And we, then, then God comes along and says, Answer thou me. <laughs> but he says, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in mine infirmities. The power of Christ may rest upon me. He was still able to do his ministry. He wasn't laid up in the hospital. He didn't have to retire. And he, 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 he kept on going. He kept going, kept going, kept going. God gave him the grace to work with that thorn that he put in his flesh. He didn't take it from him. It, it's you know, Lord giveth, Lord taketh away. It's not, you know, you know. He asked. And I'm sure he believed that God could do it. But God chose not to. But, uh, I think I think that we do need to look at ourselves, though, with with epidemic proportions of, of illness in our nation, and I, I I just I think that that we can have a good godly goal. And my pastor, uh, my first pastor, he said that I'm gonna I'm gonna have my 120 years. I'm gonna have my 120 years, which was a curse <laughs> because people live 900 years. But uh, in Genesis chapter chapter six, chapter six, verse three, <laughs> boy, what a curse that would be to live 120 years. Whew. I think it's possible. There's people in the world that do it. And the Lord said, "My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet his days will be in 120 years." So he, he said, "You're living too long. That's, there's just too much wickedness on this earth. I gotta, I gotta knock it down. What, 120 years? But my pastor said, I'm gonna have my 120 years. Maybe, maybe not. You know, we can ask for it. And I believe that God can give it to us. But uh, and and I, I like to to look at some of the old saints, like Moses, even though he complained against God, 
He got his in uh, Joshua chapter 14. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, Joshua chapter 14 is talking about Caleb, but we'll talk about Caleb first. <laughs> this, is, this, this is phenomenal. Whenever I, I, I just started thinking about this and really what all this was saying. Now, this is Caleb talking. He's giving a testimony of himself. He says in verse 7, he says, Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought him word again as it was in mine heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. Now, I don't think he was being arrogant. I think he was just stating the truth. It's what he did. He, he came back and he told the people the truth. And he said it was everything that God said it was being. We can go get it. We can go get it. But, but all the others came back and said, it's everything God said it was going to be, but there's giants in the land. Then he goes on and says, And Moses swear on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance, and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said, these forty and five years. <laughs> Did you get that? Yeah, right here he's eighty-five years old. <laughs> Even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. Eighty-five years old. Now, the phenomenal thing is verse 11. As yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me, forty-five years earlier, as my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war, both to go out and to come in. Eighty-five years old, he says, I can grab up my 240 Bravo, and I can, and I can, uh, uh, IMT, there in Iraq, and I can I can run and I can take a take that objective. Eighty five years old. Now, I, this God's word. This man did it. I believe other men of God can do it. Will God let it happen? I don't know. <laughs> Moses. <laughs> in uh, Deuteronomy chapter thirty four. The first verse it says, And Moses went up from the plains of Moab unto the mountain of Nebo, to the top of Pisgah, that is, over against Jericho. And the Lord showed him all the land of Gilead unto Dan. <laughs> now Moses is up there on top of this mountain, 120 years old, and he's looking a distance of over 100 miles. <laughs> and he sees it. <laughs> and all Naphtali in the land of Ephraim and Manasseh in the land of Judah unto the utmost sea, and the south, and the plain, and the valley of Jericho, and the city of the palm trees, unto Zor. And the Lord said unto him, This is the land which I swear unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, saying, I will give it unto thy seed. I, will, I have caused thee to see with thine eyes, but thou shalt not go over hither. I think Moses is probably crying at this point. It's possible for a man to, to serve God and with all his... His power and his might, and maybe maybe he's held on something for his whole life that keeps him from entering the promised land. It's, it's possible. I think there, there, it's definitely possible. So uh, Moses' servant, the Lord, died there. Yeah. So Moses' servant of the Lord died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. 
So uh, these great saints, I mean, they they were blessed with health, and I I, I believe that uh, we can be blessed with health. And I believe it's through the Word of God, and I believe it's through prayer, and I believe it's through revival in our hearts, and I believe it's through telling people about Jesus. I believe it's through ministering to people. I believe it's about using our tongues rightly. And uh, so, uh, by way of kind of drawing things together in Matthew 5.17. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets, but I am come not to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot, or until it shall no wise pass from the law, to all be fulfilled. He's not talking about Levitical law. He's talking about the Word of God, the whole thing, rightly dividing it, using it. So in any law, if, there, if, a, if a breach occurs, the only remedy to seal that breach is found within the body of that law. So if, if you are a born again you are called according to God's purpose. You are not saved to sit around on your blessed assurance. If you are not working for Jesus, repent and start working, lest He take you home suddenly. If you have not been born again, you need to trust Jesus before you suddenly find yourself in hell. It's not, it's not a good place. It's a horrible place. It's outer darkness. It's burning, weeping, gnashing of teeth. Where the worm dieth not, the worm will, will, will devour you from the inside forever. The, the, this, is, this is the sudden destruction for the, the lost person. And if you're here without Christ today, you need to get it. That's the most important thing. All, all the health in the world isn't going to do you any good without Jesus because you're going to die and you're going to be consumed for the rest of your life. Now, let's pray. Lord, I thank You for this day. I thank You for the power that You've given to us as Your your children, Lord. I thank You, Lord, that You teach us all things, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that You would just bless the rest of our day, Lord. Anoint us, Lord, with Your power as we go out and we be witnesses for You, Lord. I pray that You would give us some fruit, Lord, for our labors, Lord. And I thank You again for Your precious Word. I pray this name, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.